Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today, it's all about kinetic chains. And you might be asking, what's the big deal about kinetic chains, Pete? Well, if you really understand kinetic chains, I mean, really understand them, then you could actually strategically choose specific kinetic chain exercises that can drastically improve your training results and help you optimize your efforts. And come on, who doesn't want to get more out of their efforts? Be back right after this. Welcome to the More to Movement podcast, where we break down the science behind movement and provide you with tangible takeaways so you can take charge of your health and fitness and achieve lasting results. If you're ready to optimize your efforts, move with purpose, and invest in your health and performance with confidence and vigor, you've come to the right place. Here's your host, Pete Rowletter. Welcome once again, everybody, to episode number eight of the More to Movement podcast. Today's episode is the last of the principles of movement series that I've been working on since the start of this thing. And um, it's a bittersweet moment because I could nerd out and continue to talk about the important foundational stuff forever. But I know that some of you are, are eager to move on and start utilizing the things I've talked about and get to some more hands-on stuff and start actually seeing some, some improvements and start tackling some topics that you can really use to make big differences. So this choice of topics for the first eight episodes was strategic on purpose because this is the foundation guys. And I'm going to refer back to this foundation all the time and I'll probably add to them eventually, but this is what everything's built upon. When you understand this stuff, it makes all the other topics that I'm going to cover so much easier to utilize, so much easier to understand. So I will be referring back to these episodes. So you might want to think about refreshing every once in a while, at least getting a feel for this stuff. So let's jump into our discussion about kinetic chains. And in typical Pete fashion, I'm going to start off with a visual and I'd like you to visualize a carbon steel chain. If you can, you know, it's those chains that you use for like hauling things or hanging things. If you're having trouble with the visual, think of swings on a playground. Typically swings are usually attached to these kinds of chains. So you have the visual now of a chain and I want you to look at the chain and kind of notice how each segment of the chain is linked together. Also, I'd like you to notice how each link in the chain is dependent upon the ones connected to it for strength and integrity. This chain imagery is great to start the discussion on force transfer through the body because like a chain, the body is linked together. And like the chain, the links in the body depend on each other for proper force production and proper force transfer. When we talk about links in the body, we're talking about the bones and their articulation at the joints. And these joints or links are held together by soft tissue. And of course we know that soft tissue helps transfer as well as mitigate forces through the link structures. When we talk about kinetic chains, that's what we're actually talking about is just a system of linked rigid structures or the bones subject to force application. Or we can simplify it even more and just say that joints affect each other during movement. As we've already discussed, muscles produce a variety of actions to effectively manipulate gravity, ground reaction forces, momentum, and external resistance. I've used the term force a lot and I've kind of assumed a lot, but at this point, I want to take a second to discuss it and, and define it for you. Force is something with the capability to cause a change in motion of a system, meaning that force doesn't always have to cause a change in motion. Further, 
forces the interaction within the system that results in acceleration or deceleration of something, so the speeding up or slowing down of something. Force is determined by two primary factors, the magnitude, meaning how strong it is, and the direction, meaning the way the force is moving. So why is force important and why have I talked about it so much? Simply and honestly, it's how we move. That's why it's so important. It's how we move. We manipulate and transfer forces from a multitude of directions to effectively produce movement. So understanding its potential impact on movement and movement outcomes is so vitally important, guys. Kinetic chains reinforce the idea that the body is a functionally connected and interdependent system. If we want to optimize our development, we need to exploit force pathways that will optimize our movement for specific goals. So let's go ahead and jump into it and chat about the different types of kinetic chains. First, we need to differentiate between the two major types, simple kinetic chains and complex kinetic chains. Simple kinetic chains describe a chain where each segment participates in no more than two linkages. And so this is typically referring to single joint movements or exercises. An example would be like a biceps curl or elbow flexion. Assume that the wrist and hand are static. The only movement occurring with that exercise is the elbow, which is the articulation of two links, right? The upper arm bone, so the humerus, and the forearm bones, the ulna and the radius. Complex kinetic chains, on the other hand, involve more than two segments that participate in that linkage, and they're commonly referred to as the multi-joint movements or multi-joint exercises. Think of doing like a step-up exercise and think of the up leg that's up on a box. You push through the foot and plantar flex your ankle, you extend your knee and you extend your hip as you stand up onto the box. And this movement includes the ankle, which are the talus, the tibia and the fibula, the knee, which is the tibia and the femur, and the hip, which is the femur and the pelvis, along with all the muscles that connect the whole system. That's a great example of a complex kinetic chain. After identifying if the movement is simple or complex, the next step is to classify it as either an open or closed kinetic chain. Open kinetic chains are unconstrained and the distal segment is free to move. And this typically means that the hands or the feet are free to move. Some examples would be a dumbbell chest fly or uh, knee extension or knee flexion or lat pull downs. All of those are examples of open kinetic chain exercises because the hands uh, and the feet are free to move. Closed kinetic chains are the opposite, where the distal segment, and again we're talking about typically the foot or the hand, is stationary and constrained, and it meets considerable external resistance. Since closed kinetic chains are constrained, movement is dependent on the contribution from adjacent body segments. Each segment of the body receives force from and transfers force to another connected part. And typically, these are going to be your ground-based exercises, like your push-ups or like a deadlift pattern. Now, if you try a push-up, you'll notice that as hard as you push, the ground doesn't move. Your hands are constrained. Since you cannot push the ground, forces are redirected into your hands and continue through your arms and into your shoulders and chest. 
And this is an excellent example of a closed kinetic chain at work because the movement is dependent on contributions from the adjacent body segments. Because of that, greater emphasis is put on the mobility and stability of a joint to achieve that optimal movement. Finally, there are functional kinetic chains, which are a combination of both open and closed kinetic chains. And these kinetic chains pertain to multiplanar and multi-joint activities and movements. These can be challenging to address because open and closed chains are occurring simultaneously. And these movements require coordination, balance, and synchronized neural input to be efficient. Walking is an excellent example because during the gait cycle, one leg is on the ground, so that'd be the closed kinetic chain aspect, while the other is stepping forward, which would be the open kinetic chain aspect. All right, so we defined kinetic chains, but what does it mean? Let me put it into context for you, and let me give you an example to illustrate that all movement is not the same and why this concept is so crucial. I want you to think of your ankles, and if you're in a seated position, I want you to point your foot away and then pull it up continuously, sort of like you're pressing on and off the gas pedal in a car. For most of you, that's relatively easy. It's unconstrained and you probably really only feel your calf muscle contract as you point your foot. This is a simple, open kinetic chain. Movement is exclusively dependent on the muscles at the ankle. Now, if you can, stand up and do a squat and try to focus on your ankles during that squat pattern. Do your ankles move as well as they did earlier? Probably not. You may notice more restriction at the ankle, and this is due to the type of kinetic chain at work. This is a complex and closed kinetic chain. So obviously the squat movement is noticed more at the hips and the upper legs. You feel those engaged more, but the ankles contribute significantly to that movement. Ankle movement is influenced by the chain of linked muscles through the entire movement, and that's including muscles at the knees, hips, and trunk. Force transfer demands skyrocket due to all the muscles and joints contributing to the movement, and now mobility is significantly challenged. Function at the ankle now depends on the interaction with the rest of the leg. A couple examples uh, include your center of mass, where the load is centered relative to the ankle joint, the efficacy of force transfer, muscle engagement, and stability of your joints. All of those play a role. If you have sufficient mobility and stability at the ankle under these conditions, then your movement is probably optimal. But if not, it will affect the efficiency of your movement in a big way. Let me put it to you this way, guys. Out of all the squat patterns I assess, I'd say approximately 90% of the issues that I see have to do with poor mobility at the ankle. I'm not joking. Seriously, a majority of the valgus effect at the knee, uh, hips dropping, excessive trunk flexion can all be attributed to poor ankle mobility. You see why developing appropriate kinetic chains is vital. So here's the takeaway. Make sure you utilize appropriate kinetic chains for your desired outcomes by defining the goal of training and then adjusting exercises to meet the needs of your goal. Most programs, most training programs will have a mix of simple and complex open and closed kinetic chain exercises, but you can determine the best course of action based on what you want to develop. So you have an understanding of this. Great. Now you need to use it to maximize your efforts. And here's the other part of today's takeaway. 
I've provided a breakdown of what each chain will primarily develop so you can choose what types of exercises work best for your goal. There's a nice graphic that sums all of this up on the show notes page at moretomovement.com forward slash episode eight. One more time, that's moretomovement.com forward slash episode eight. But I'm going to cover all of it right now. Okay, to start, in terms of general movement and muscular development, we say simple. We're talking specific single joint development. And when we talk about complex, we're talking about multi-joint multifaceted development. We're going to start with simple open kinetic chains. Simple open kinetic chains have more isolated development. And there's a very big focus on neural drive to a very specific targeted muscle. Typically you have greater range of motion because they're unconstrained. So example of this would be like knee extension or dumbbell flies going to target that muscle much better. And you're going to be able to develop that targeted muscle much more specifically. Simple closed kinetic chains are still isolated in development and they still have a very focused neural drive to that targeted muscle, but there is more restricted range of motion. But this can be a progressive tool to help you improve mobility under more complex conditions. And a great example would be like a seated calf or ankle raise. Next, we have our complex open kinetic chains, and these improve multi-joint stability and mobility. They improve multi-directional development. They typically have greater range of motion compared to closed. They also recruit and synchronize motor units well. They develop multi-joint patterns, and they enhance force transfer. So an example of this would be like a seated dumbbell overhead press. Then we have our complex closed kinetic chains, and these are typically the type of kinetic chains that can be loaded the most. They maximize multi-joint stability and mobility. They improve multi-directional development, but they are more restricted in their range of motion. They do recruit and synchronize motor units very well, and they challenge and enhance multi-joint patterns. They obviously maximize force transfer and you can train and develop functional movements with these kinetic chains. Great examples of these would be like your barbell back squat or your deadlift. Finally, we have our functional kinetic chain and this can be an advanced concept because you're training both open and closed kinetic chains simultaneously. They do challenge multi-joint stability and mobility and they also improve coordination and balance. They maximize multi-directional development they also recruit and synchronize motor units in multiple planes. And then finally, they can challenge and enhance multi-joint patterns as well. And a great example of this would be like a walking lunge, hitting both open and closed kinetic chains simultaneously. Hopefully that takes your exercise selection and training regimens to the next level. Really hope that helps. Thanks for tuning into the show today, everyone. I appreciate you taking the time and I appreciate you. I'd love to hear from you. If you like the show or if you don't like the show, take a few minutes, uh, if you would, to review it or rate it for me. I want to continue uh, providing with quality, useful information, and your feedback is essential. It really helps me out. Uh, you can also reach out to me through social media if you'd like. I'd love to connect with you. Um, and you can find me on Instagram. My handle is Pete.Rolletter, P-E-T-E. 
dot R-O-H-L-E-D-E-R. One more time, it's Pete dot Rolletter, P-E-T-E dot R-O-H-L-E-D-E-R. If you could take a few minutes to help me out, I'd really appreciate it. And I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to connect with you. Thanks again, everybody. Uh, Take care of yourselves and I look forward to chat with you next time. Remember, wherever you are, keep moving. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of More to Movement with your host, Pete Rowletter. If you enjoyed the show, please visit moretomovement.com where you can find this episode's show notes along with more episodes and articles to empower you on your journey.